0: Yo, roll, to bust, they... Welcome to Cerebronas. I'm Cynthia and I'm Yvette, and today we're gonna interview Piska from Latina Rebels. <laughs> we're two Latinas from working-class immigrant families navigating law school and bringing y'all raw, critical analysis of law, current events, and personal politics.
1: Why? Because we want to break down barriers set up by elite institutions and democratize knowledge. So, we're here in Prisca's home. She was lovely enough to invite us over. Um, There's a diffuser going and everything, so I feel real spoiled. Um, It's so nice to finally meet you in person. We were talking about this earlier, but, like, we feel like we know you so well. Yeah, likewise.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I was, like, really excited when y'all reached out. And then I got nervous. Like, I didn't think about it. And then yesterday I was like, oh, shit. (laughs) <laughs> um, i'm gonna be on cerebrona <laughs> but that's a curse word i don't know if y'all know
1: those out oh no we curse okay, i okay, curse cool. yeah, yeah. i curse regularly i think it just helps convey what i'm feeling and yeah. thinking when i curse okay perfect Good. um so how long have you lived in nashville
2: 2011 i moved for grad school oh, seven wow. years yeah oh wow i left for a year when i graduated which was I thought I'd never come back. I hate Nashville. I still hate Nashville. So I'm like, why are you all here? How'd you all
0: come? Cynthia (laughs) brought me here.
1: (laughs) Well, like, I want to be a public defender in the South. And I just, like, I still don't feel super ready to, like, graduate and be a public defender. But, like, being in Nashville now and then being in New Orleans over the summer, I'm feeling prepared to, like, take on that responsibility of, like, a person's life. Yeah. Um. So I want to get more experience, and I want to be in the South. So I figured, like, let me go to Nashville. Like, it's a, it's a good office. It's known for, like, different things that they do. So I was just, like, reached out and made it happen. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Have you liked it? Um, Like, the work or the city? The city. Uh, some of it. Some parts of it. Like, different parts of it. There's... I've gotten in touch with, like, some different folks who do, like, more radical, like, like, for the community oversight board that just passed, like, I went, like, canvassing for that one day. Yeah.
0: And so, like, being around... a lot of my friends.
2: Most of the people go that are the activists in Nashville are graduates from my graduate program.
0: Oh, interesting.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. See, so, like, I like that about Nashville that there are, like, radical folk here, but it's not, like... And, like, things are still in the development, I feel like. The Mm -hmm. networks are still being created. So, I like that. Like, when things are beginning, that, like, is really exciting for me. And I like it here way more than I liked because of my first summer I was in North Carolina and Durham. Mm. Like... Nashville compared to Durham for me like this is a much much better fit like I'm much happier here yeah. my commute is really like small like the city doesn't That's have so that nice. much traffic there's my first week here I found like this dope Ethiopian f- place like to go eat like I found like I found finally a good Thai place that I like mm-hmm. um like I found a pupuseria that I like uh-huh. I still haven't found like which m- one I go to Reina La Bendicion yeah, yeah. that one that Yeah, one. that's the one I went to it's good yeah so I feel like if queso que usan is a little salado yeah a little bit Nicas mm.
2: likes salado queso but so and I it also like works
1: cause I like this I don't don't get mad at me but I put <laughs> I put lime on my pupusas what I, that's the weirdest I mean, thing I've
0: ever <laughs> yes I mean I you like adjust it
1: to your needs I, yes, I'm Mexican. <laughs> I put lemon and lime on anything and everything. Our, like, co- we have a thing called um, a
2: repocheta, which is my favorite plate-like dish in Nicaragua. And it's pupusas, but with crema on top of yeah. the salad they put on top. So I do that. I'm like, well,
0: reclaim it. You just call it a
2: salad? And <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, was I call
1: it in <laughs> <laughs> Well, we call it repollo. Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Repollo, but
1: I call it curtido.
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: and
2: I think it's repollo in a salad. I'm not really sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah but I'm right. Right. I don't know. Yeah. How do you say it in English? Cabbage, I think.
1: Yeah, Cabbage. Okay. Yeah, it doesn't <laughs> sound as good. Yeah,
0: no. and the
1: <laughs> but yeah, you gotta give it your spin. Yeah, yeah. So I do. So that works out for me. Like the fact that it gets us that like more salado. Like I don't have to add any more salt to my food. Yeah. I just because the because lem- when you add lemon, I'm usually also adding salt. Like so, it works for me. So I found that spot. I'm feeling real good about it. The Thai place I go to is also near there um so i'm real happy here in nashville <laughs> like i'm applying for a job here we'll see how oh, that really? goes yeah you're applying to the pds mm-hmm. cool. dang okay i like it here you i can, can see, see myself. living here yeah i could see myself here for like five years i know a least. lawyer
2: latina who did a lot of reproductive you know latinas for reproductive justice
1: no um, i don't know
2: but that's dope oh it's like a whole
1: thing well she used to work with them in dc and is now here
2: Oh, cool. Or in New York,
1: and then went to DC. And See, like I'm out here because like we need to be creating these networks in <laughs> yeah. the South. Like there's the Latino community, the Latinx community is here, and so like I want to
0: be here too. Do people look at you weird when you ask for limes at the at Salvadoran restaurants?
1: No, <laughs> I
0: don't, no, yeah. not. <laughs> <laughs> they look
1: weird at me when they notice what I'm gonna do with them. Oh, but like they don't they're like. Not- they don't, yeah. the act of giving them to me is cool. It's okay. I think modifications are good, you know
2: I think when so I went with a friend, a Mexican friend and she called it ketchup their their status and I was no. Like, I was like, you need ketchup. to check your Mexican hegemony. <laughs> Wait, ketchup though? She called it ketchup what she, the, because that's she's made She's
1: like, that's not spicy. That's ketchup. and she's like, like, that's rude. She's, I, I know. <laughs> okay, no, 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 no. This is like in an individual who's like got it wrong. Who's lost?
0: Yes, because
1: <laughs> like when we, when you're thinking of like sopes, right, or garnachas, or like all this other food, we use non-spicy tomato sauce. It's like salsa de tomate that you just on top of that dorados yeah that's exactly what you're using yeah. and then like and there's spicy salsa and that's distinct it's like you can also be tomato based but
0: yeah no 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 yeah. no, no.
1: She we have salsa it. de tomate <laughs> that's exactly what you put on pupusas and
0: i was Thank like you. Mm. although we throw going oregano
1: or, i don't feel like yours has that no no not the one yeah we use yeah. oregano yeah damn like our listeners right now just like are taking <laughs> in all this different information about latinx food like you're welcome yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want to know what y'all have been
2: eating here, where y'all went
0: to, what part of town you're in. So, actually, I haven't successfully gone out. <laughs> <laughs> like, I feel like my age is showing. Like, <laughs> when do you you leave tomorrow? I leave tomorrow, Oh yeah. yeah. Nice. But, like, yeah, Israel and I tried to go out twice, and then both times we ended up staying in. <laughs> yeah. And huh. then last night, last night, I just got too fucked up to leave. Okay, I was like, I don't know how much you want to say about <laughs> last night, but uh, yeah. I did hear about the bottle of wine that got... Finished. well it was the bottle of wine and also whiskey and i had huh. a beer <laughs> it was a lot yeah I remember and I, we smoked at, yeah at some point <laughs> in the night honestly i blacked out uh, <laughs> i those
1: are good nights for me
2: <laughs>
0: wait so then this will be, i can't be doing that this will will ruin your
2: joy they will take your joys
1: you're better off staying in that's true when you go out
0: and like have to do i with, like staying in
1: yeah. But I okay, want to be a tourist. Wow. Shocking. Shocking. A tourist likes
2: to stay in. I really do. I never go out. And I'm a, like, I think I was an extrovert and I became an introvert in Nashville. Oh, like, well. Out of because I like like protection school? oh no because I just I would go out and try to have fun I'm like or I was raised was Miami which is a Latinx city yeah. yeah and I moved here and I thought I could be the same my same self <laughs> and then like just shit started happening to me and people started saying things to me and mm-hmm. I just was like you ruined my night
1: so yeah. I don't want to be out with y'all <laughs> yeah do you mind telling me like what like because I haven't gone out out yet like I've gone to like places like that are chill and drinking but like going out what I consider going out out, Mm -hmm. I haven't yet I'm here so I'm like curious. I don't know what you're coming well I was dating too and so I remember like just going up to random
2: people and being like hey how are you and I ended up talking so you know where Midtown is yeah okay so I was like in Loser's and I was talking to this guy, and he's a white guy, and I'm like, he's like, yeah, I go to law school at Vanderbilt. And oh I was God. like, okay, cool, like, I'm right ne- my building's next to you. I'm in the div school. And he was like, shut up, show me your ID. Like, oh, what? <laughs> sure. And I had to, I was like, am I really pulling on my ID to prove that I'm a student in the school across from these bars? <laughs> yeah, it's like that stuff, where mm-hmm. you're just, like, having fun and having a good time, and then somebody's like, You don't belong here. Or where are you really from? Oh, my God. Your English is really spectacular. (laughs) And you're just like, what the fuck just happened? Like, I just wanted to drink and talk.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I get that. I have, like, several. Like, yeah, those experiences happen on the regular. Like, I have some friend at work, and he's, like, he's well-intentioned. He's like, I'm not going to go into his demographics. Um, It gets complicated. Long story short, he's a black male. But he loves to tell me I have I have an accent. And I was just oh, like, whoa. I'm like, what do you mean I have an accent? He's like, <laughs> yeah, you have an accent. I'm like, okay, what kind of accent? He's just like, a, like, Latino person. Looks. I was just like, you and he's like, doesn't, I'm trying to get him to...
0: Wait, you see white?
1: No, he's black. Mm-hmm. I, w- I was trying to get him to understand why that's, like, problematic for him to be telling me. Yeah. But instead, he's, like, we've progressed to the point where he's like, has now said, like, everybody has an accent. And just, like, my accent, like, you can just tell that I also speak Spanish. I've gotten that before. And I'm just, like, <laughs> that's how, that felt, like, I love him. He's one of my, like, greater friends here. Like, he's a great person. But, like, this is one thing where I'm just, like, you don't understand why this is so... Offensive yeah. and like yeah. why? Like when you tell me I have an accent, I'm gonna react a certain way. Yeah. Yeah. So
2: I yeah. got in my my shoulder rubs. I was out somewhere and somebody rubbed my shoulder and they're like, Is this your real skin color? Oh my and god. Like, no. no What do you mean by that? <laughs> oh my god. They thought I like went to tanning spray.
1: <laughs> and I was like, What the fuck? People oh like me god. exist. I'm sorry. Okay, <laughs> you know what I've got in? That's like On the opposite, but, like, the same thing, like, someone has told me from work, like, I hate when, like, white people are just, like, I'm so, like, not racist that I can talk about, like, colors, (laughs) like, comfortably, and so, like, someone was just, like, we were talking about nail polish, and she was just, like, oh, but, like, your lovely little skin tone, like, is going to make it so that you can wear these colors, like, more than I can, like, in the winter, and I'm just, like, (laughs) your lovely little skin tone, like, I was just, like, (laughs) why are we talking about my, like, I don't know, it's just, like, yeah, I don't know. It was like, uh, still not okay for you to talk about. Like, no. I don't know. Yeah. So that's Nashville. <laughs> Casually
2: <laughs> Nashville. <laughs> so I'm like, really, I've just become just a homebody. I'm like, I will get arrested if I'm out. Right. So let's
1: just not do that. <laughs> Dude, I've been going to kickboxing because me and my friend Same. are just like, we need to learn how to protect ourselves like like now I know I can throw a punch like Mm -hmm. I figured out how to do it well put my weight behind it (laughs) yeah and like how to like switch my step up so like I can like throw a punch and then switch quickly and like
0: kick him on the other side oh my god (laughs) I actually joined a kickboxing gym too I think that's one of the things that has made Tucson like semi-bearable is like that I can take out my aggression that I feel towards (laughs) the judges and the guards oh on my kickboxing partner. Yeah,
2: that's right. You're an abolitionist.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I'm like remembering your voices now and I'm like,
1: oh, okay. I thought you, you all were switched for some reason. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. So now I'm like, oh my God. Okay. <laughs> I know. It's funny when we like meet people in person or stuff, like people are just like, yeah, who are you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like
0: Which one? Yeah. Yeah. One of my coworkers recognized me from Cinebronis, but like didn't know if I was like you. Me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but um are you ready for some oh, questions? Oh, I guess yes.
1: I'd love. I feel like there's just so much to talk there's about. There's a lot to talk about. We can get
0: official. Okay. <laughs> So, I wanted to talk about what's happening in Nicaragua because yeah. of all the people that I've met from Nicaragua that yeah. are seeking asylum. And also because, like, you've posted about how people don't pay attention to it, it's not being talked about. So, for folks who are unaware, what would you say is the cause of the current Nicaraguan political crisis?
2: It's so hard to um, get that information. Um, p- places like Telesur, who I like, have written for and, like, Mm -hmm. really believe in their vision Mm -hmm. (laughs) have a very different perspective of what's happening in Nicaragua. Mm. And just, like, you can't read it anywhere what actually is happening. And then I also, all my family in Nicaragua is, like, conservative Christian. Mm. So the way they frame, they've always been anti-Daniel. And so the way they frame it is, like, he's not a real man. He He lets his wife do stuff, and she's a bruja. So even, like, what I know from the ground, I'm still, like, I have to vet it through this lens of, like, colonialism mm-hmm. and like Inter- <laughs> sexism yeah. yeah and like kind of a lot of other bullshit but i know that as far as i'm concerned from everything that my family is told it basically the pensions from a lot of older folks were taken
0: the mm-hmm. president
2: was like i'm taking all your pensions sorry and the activists tend to be younger folk mm-hmm. and so the activists started revolting and asking for that back um and they just started, so my neighbor and my grandma, in my grandma's home growing up, so kids like that, they started, the government started paying them, like, 200 corollas a day to go and, like, with a bat and just, like, hit any young person they saw and keep driving what? on a motorcycle. Yeah. So there's that now. Like, there's, like, a lot of guerrilla warfare mm-hmm. happening. Mm-hmm. And my mom has been there a few times. She was shot at in the summer when she was there. Wow. And she left, like, really quickly. That was when they were creating the barricades. Mm. And she just went back a week ago, and she said she saw no young people in the streets.
0: Wow.
2: So it's like, it's just, the government is targeting a whole generation. Mm Because if you're young, they just assume you're an activist, and they want to get rid of you. Mm.
1: Okay, just to, like, back up a bit, um, because I feel like a lot of our listeners aren't going to have, like, background that, yeah, that is necessary. So... Just, like, for little things, like, the 200 cordobas, like, how much is that, like, an equivalent of? Like, I'm curious. Do you know Ooh, how much? Uh, it's, I feel like the currency stage has
2: changed so much. The last time I was in Caraba, it was 40 cordobas a dollar. So, 40 dollar. a dollar. Okay. But that was, I was there 2000. So, that's, like, $5. 16, Yeah. Yeah, it's not roughly a lot. okay. I wanted to get a yeah. sense if it was like $50 we're a really poor like five, okay. Yeah, I think we're the second poorest country in the Western Hemisphere, um, next to Haiti. Wow. So we're a really poor country. So five dollars like is a big difference.
1: Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, and then you mentioned Daniel. He's the president.
2: Yeah, and he's um, so. Sandinistas, people don't understand, like, the evolution of Sandinistas Mm because I would call myself a Sandinista Mm -hmm. by definition of what the Sandinistas were when Mm -hmm. they came into power. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, because U.S. intervention and just, like, corruption and poverty, the Sandinistas, even my mom's side, her whole side of the family were Sandinistas and, like, went, like, they, they had a campaign and, like, everybody needs to learn to read. So they stopped schools and they paid people to go and teach the whole country to read. And so our, our reading level... I
1: learning about this all in right. our Latin American course. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I our reading
2: you know, level was astronomical <laughs> compared to other yeah. countries in Latin America because they were, cool. like, socialists. And yeah. they were like, everybody needs to have, like, base understanding and everybody needs to know how to read. So mm-hmm. we we all learn, we all get better kind of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there were things that they did that was really cool, but U.S. intervention, uh, capitalism, all that bullshit. So they were corrupt. And um, my parents and... That generation just—that's why they don't vote, quote unquote liberal. That's why there's like a whole agenda to try to get them to disassociate socialism from what they understand in our countries, and more like how it should be understood. <laughs> but yeah, so the Sandinistas have a really bad rep in our country now, and he's a Sandinista, Daniel Ortega. But it's a new—it's a new wave of Sandinista.
1: because
2: yeah. Sandinistas would have never gone out of the way to kill its their citizens.
1: And it doesn't sound yeah.
0: like they would be taking away pensions. Right, either. exactly. I feel like that's a sign yeah. of how much it's gone from its values. Yeah.
2: yeah. But people like um Telesur will still frame it like socialism and, the, and it's amazing and you all have it wrong for going against the government oh wow yeah and so you just read it and you're like what <laughs> no like we're we get so like I think it's like the same in the U.S. we get so stuck in like, these two-party systems that we forget that it's a lot more nuanced than yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly I was yeah. just gonna
1: say like nuance like do we need to have nuance more just when you were trying to explain these things it's like look you can agree with part of it, disagree with part of it. You can agree with its history, where what it what it originated as, and not what it's involved into. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, you need yeah. nuance.
0: Also, yeah. like where I diverge from people who are socialists and communists, it's like people who are authoritarian socialists about and communists their, yeah. that are like, you know, this is our vision, and we're gonna get there by forcing people to agree to our views. Like anything coercive, I'm not about. And I think even if you are pro-socialist, like you have to be against arbitrary government violence like yeah. random killings in the street not allowing people to express their political views like yeah you know
2: yeah it got it got really scary i think now there's like a lull like the un was called in because they were mm-hmm. like they had a chipote is um it's kind of like guantanamo in the oh, u.s wow. so we had a chipote jail that had been closed for decades, and they opened it again to start torturing any young person mm. they could pick up for information, and people were lying about stuff because yeah. they didn't, not every young person was an activist, Yeah, but they were like, you're young, you must know someone so we're going to torture you until you admit that it was you <laughs> under coercion or you give us names of somebody under coercion that might not even be involved, we're going to bring them in also, so they, the UN came and they shut it down, they built pits and bodies were thrown, and it was just like now it's just really silent, and people are quietly trying to sell as much of their... People with businesses are trying to sell as much as a, of their products as possible to get money to get out. Wow. But I'm like, with Trump in office, like, I don't know if, like, you can get here. <laughs> not not the way the caravan is being framed. Not the yeah. way any of, any of Nicaragua's problems are being framed. It's just, like,
0: nobody understands what's happening and how yeah. bad it's getting. I think I'm, like... I think what depresses me the most about the work that I do is seeing folks who really have no other option and who, th- like, thought of the U.S. as the place where they were finally going to be able to stay and, like, live peacefully and mm-hmm. and then seeing how effective Trump's policies are. Like, I've seen so many people take deports because they're like, I just don't want to be detained in yeah. this place anymore with terrible food and terrible health care and, like, they mistreat us. Mm-hmm. And, but... It's wild to me because I know the horrors that they're going back to, mm-hmm. too. So, seeing folks in detention has made me think about intergenerational trauma. Like, you know, how the government repression and violence from Nicaragua, Mexico, and the U.S. It's not going to end when these folks are released from detention. It's, you know, and like, I, I've started thinking about how detention can have a permanent effect on someone's mental health. And I'm wondering, how does like a people heal from collective trauma? Because this is like a whole generation of people mm-hmm. that has is experiencing the violence of the Nicaraguan nation state. Um, what are your thoughts on that?
2: I feel like we haven't healed from our first war because I still have a lot of generational trauma from like my a lot of my families went mm-hmm. to war. Our mm-hmm. uncles, like. I have an uncle who became an alcoholic because he couldn't deal with his PTSD. Mm -hmm. I have another uncle who has really bad PTSD. He was in the security detail for the president when all the wars were happening. And they call him crazy. And my aunt crushes pills in this dinner because she doesn't want to deal with him. (laughs) So, like, I still know what what that looks like. And I still know the tension in my relationship. Like, when people want to, like, talk about machismo being terrible, I'm like, it's just sexism with yeah. a lot of trauma <laughs> mm-hmm. that the u.s might not have necessarily those experiences but th- it's a direct conf- like it's a direct product of colonialism mm-hmm. but we don't want to talk about that we just mean like oh those latinos are machistas and it's like yeah yeah but like come to the south and meet any white
1: guy yeah, I was say. rich <laughs> white guy
2: who treats his wife like a trophy and tells her what she can wear so i'm like it's just different trauma. It's just different ways that we've all dealt with it. So I'm still dealing with the trauma of, like, my distrust of men comes from our country's wars. Mm. So wow. what is that? How does that keep happening? How do we keep perpetuating all of that? Because, mm-hmm. like, it's just they're they're killing a whole generation right now. Yeah. So I'm just wondering what what's going to happen because that's my cousin's ages. Yeah. Like, my younger cousins, that's their ages. So I'm like, how are you all going to? Make it out of this. How are you gonna process all this? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't, I don't know.
1: Do you keep in touch with your cousins? Like, yeah. How are like how are they? Like, what is that? How how has that affected like your relationships? You know, and being able to like be there. Because I imagine it's just harder to get in contact. Like, I don't know.
2: Yeah, it's it's hard. I have my really close cousins that are around my age that I grew up with. But then we have our younger cousins, who are the age that is being really targeted. Um, and one of the younger cousins, I've tweeted about it, so it's kind of known, but he was kidnapped and taken to a chipote. And, I mean, people don't have money. and my, They live in the a the, the house that my dad paid off. Like my, my dad does a lot to help his family because he's the only one in the U.S., but at the end of the day, he was enrolled full-time in college and like clean, was like janitorial services at night. And leaving that job, he got picked up by the police because he's a young person out alone, and so obviously suspicious, Mm quote-unquote. So he got picked up and taken to Chipote, and that was in June. Wow. And we don't know anything about him. We don't know what's happened to him.
1: Yeah, (laughs) they're,
2: they're like, directly impacted by what's happening. Mm.
1: Yeah. It's, like, I've read about this on paper. Like, I've, like, processed on paper how awful it is, but, like, it's just different, like, where it's, like... It's, Fuck, this is really real. Like, and it's the nuances,
2: yeah. too. Because mm-hmm. at one point, my aunt, his mom, called and was like, somebody asked for a ransom. We need X amount of money. My dad got all the money and mm. was, like, ready to send it. And then we got information from her husband, which is my my dad's brother. So she's married into the family and he's like it was it was all a lie like she's just trying to get money don't pay attention to it and we were just like my dad got really pissed but yeah. i was just like it's the nuances man <laughs> like her son's missing she's clearly devastated but also like she's like trying to Dude, survive we're poor yeah <laughs> and like how do we get more money at cuz everybody assumes if you're in the US you're rich you have, yeah. Yeah. yeah so there's like that disconnect and you're just my my dad got really mad and i just kept trying to no, it's complicated. <laughs> we can't just jump off of, like, the pissed-off train. But it made it harder for me because I have a lot of... Because of what I do in Latina Rebels, a lot of people reached out. A lot of lawyers reached out. A lot of people who work for the UN reached out. A lot of people who do human rights violations stuff reached out. And it was like, my contact there has just, like, breached trust. And I don't know how to put you in contact with that person. And that like, you won't be able to hold that. Like how complicated that reaction is, and what might come out of it, and how will you view me differently? Because you can't hold how complicated all that is. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Okay, but if these people doing the work that you just listened to, like listed, don't can't hold that nuance. I'm like, come on, like.
2: But it's on those bangles. They like, like they're mm-hmm. well intentioned, but also like they're like, as long as you say the right things and are nice to uh, me, and like they shouldn't be doing this work. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think that's also one of the most difficult things about the detention centers for me is how, like, I can't treat people as the full humans that they are because of the policies of the detention centers. You know, it's like things like, like, we can't bring food in. We can't, you know, when when I would want to because the food is so shitty. And it's, you know, also when fighting an asylum case, it is very much essentializing someone's story Nicaragua is terrible the U.S. is a haven and you need to give them asylum for this reason and I hate I hate that I hate that people can't show up with their full complicated selves you know and like I like I know that people lie to me or like change stories because they're telling me what they think I want to hear because they're trying they know that they need to present themselves as like the ideal victim you know like they need to be the asylum seeker that has never committed a crime and is like a part of a political party and is being repressed. And like, mm-hmm. I hate that. I hate that. It needs to be the perfect story. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I feel like I'm. I feel like I'm responsible for perpetuating it as well, because I know, like, I, I'm. I'm like, well, yeah. Why would you trust me? Like, yeah. You know. You should lie to me.
2: <laughs> yeah. If you think that lying will get you to where you need to be, then. I I want to teach you how to lie better.
0: (laughs) You know, let me tell you what the law cares
1: about (laughs) and protects. Yeah. Now you tell me what happened.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That is who I want to be. And I just feel like I, like, legally can't. And it's like, that, this made me so sad. There was one time where, like, because I, I want to build trust with people and I want I want to be able to tell them the right things to say and to like tell them what not to say but at legally ethically if I'm I'm not allowed to lie to the court so if somebody says something to me like that then I can't help them with their application anymore unless I reveal to the judge what they told me
1: but like only if you know no right like isn't like the ethical like it's, like, if you know it to be a lie, right? It's, like, well, how do you know something? Like, were you there? Like, did you see so what I be, you?
2: better be careful. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah, serious. no, I had a lawyer who was a Latina who was, like, if you find him, I will figure out how to get him an asylum. And then was, like, call me. Um, and then was very vague and, like, I'm not supposed to tell you this. You never heard this from me, but this is sort of what you could maybe do. And then I, at the end, I was, like, I don't know what I just heard.
1: <laughs> but I think I know, it was like be direct with people. Yeah, but I was like, I actually don't know but what it, you okay, told me. But though. it's like when you think about like <laughs> someone used this example to me and like really it like just for me it just it made me feel better about my what i view as my ethical obligations whereas the people on wall street right their attorneys the people they pay all this money to they pay them all this money to find ways to break the law legally right <laughs> find the little loopholes they're advising them if you break the law in this way x will happen if you break the law in this way only this will happen they're so it's like we are allowed to do the same things map out all the the universe of things so i it's yeah. just like these they, these people on Wall Street have the best lawyers, the best schools with the best offices, Yeah. and like, they're advising their clients on what happens if you break the law in this way, what happens if you break the law in this way, just because they're, you know, it's 100% what lawyers do. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm just so jaded. <laughs> like yeah. the, the,
2: I, can, I, can, I mean, I can see why, though. No, yeah, yeah. especially
0: yeah. fucking Arizona. Like, uh, that's really the straw that broke the camel's back for uh, me, living there. <laughs> The ethical rules are different when you're practicing in immigration court. There's, like, a whole other thing. And they're even more intense about the, the duty to disclose to the court. And it's such a show. I mean, I haven't
1: passed the ethics fa- exam yet, <laughs> so let's not quote me on anything. I'll, let, I'll get back to you when I have passed. Yeah.
2: There was a point where she, the this lawyer that I was talking to, a Latina lawyer, um, was like, and I never told you any of this. And I wanted to be like, I didn't know what you said. So <laughs> you're like, cool, oh, you're bro. really good. <laughs> yeah, you're like, fine. <laughs> but I felt like I also couldn't say that. So I was like, okay, got it. <laughs> but
0: what, yeah.
1: didn't it <laughs> <To be clear. laughs> what didn't you say? To be clear. What didn't you say? What was it that you didn't say?
2: And it was like, she didn't want to text it or email Like She didn't yeah. want it to be too clear, you right. know? Like, screenshot too clear. So I was like, oh, I, uh, I know you're being helpful, but.
1: you're not not (laughs) i I know that you're trying to be helpful yeah you're doing
2: everything you can possibly even breaking the law but somehow i didn't even get how you broke the law (laughs) (laughs) because i didn't know what you just told me yeah yeah
0: yeah Yeah. okay (laughs) moving on okay so also i think i've been really really inspired by the political activists that i've seen in detention like because these are people who know their government. They know that if they go to that protest, if they organize people, if they plan that thing, that the government is going to go after them. And they still decided to protest anyway because they had a vision of what society should be. And they're willing to really like, put their bodies on the line and put their lives on the line for that. So that's really inspired me. This resistance from Nicaragua and from, from Nicaragua specifically, we're talking about right now. Would you say that that spirit of Nicaraguan resistance is something that helps fuel your work? you're, You're very critical of the U.S. and white supremacist institutions. So is that part of what drives you? I
2: don't mind risking me and myself. I think we have to. And I, I do, I, it's like become so embedded in my life that I even stupid things like getting visible tattoos. I'm like, I'm going to resist yeah. assimilating stimulating into white standards of what it looks like to be an acceptable <laughs> professional mm-hmm. quote unquote person in the world. So I like, I have done things, but my thing is like, it's all me. It's mm-hmm. my risk specifically because our family, my dad's families are Mojicas and they're pretty well known in Nicaragua and people know where they live, and they've gotten death threats. So that's when I'm like, well, (laughs) maybe I shouldn't say stuff about them or what they're going through or their specific things or Mm -hmm. what I think they should be doing. I just, like, I I think by example, and it's been like that, like those are my politics, by putting myself at risk, Mm -hmm. I think, Hopefully other people are inspired to do it, but I don't ever seek for other people to put themselves at risk that or to sense. risk other people's livelihoods. So, yeah, I've been really careful about how I choose my words with what's happening in Nicaragua mm-hmm. because my aunt has gotten a lot of death threats and a lot of... There, she still has two other kids, and it's like, we'll get them too if you keep talking about it. Yeah. It's like, okay. Okay.
0: no you're super inspiring in how you embody your resistance like (laughs) like moving to tucson i've it's a different like i'm way more racialized there than i was in the bay Mm -hmm. in california and i was thinking about like how you live your life tattooed and like you know with like your outfits and like you know and like (laughs) to do that in a place like nashville is super inspiring and like i i think moving there made me realize more how radical of an act it is i i like just because i'm the lawyer doesn't mean that i don't get mistreated as well Mm. it just there's no point in investing in respectability when it's a lie
2: yeah yeah because it doesn't protect us and we know It it doesn't protect us so i'm like Fuck it, let's let's get this party started. <laughs> not, but that's why I don't go out in Nashville, cause I'm like, yeah. I will go to jail. So
0: no, <laughs> so, honestly, yeah. And
1: like, not only like with respectability politics, like do- not only does it not protect us, but it like it makes us perpetuate all the violence yeah. when we start policing each other, mm-hmm. right? We become we, complicit. Yeah, so yeah. many, like, so much of respectability politics is enforced by people of color. You know, so it's yeah. so it's. It's not just, it's not going to save us, but also it's very, it's causing it's us to harm each
0: other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which always makes me more sad, I guess. Yeah. I'm so sad by that. I'm so sad by all the Latinx people in Border Patrol, all the Latinx people who work as guards in the detention centers. Simply follow Latina <laughs> I feel like
2: nobody knows who I am, and I feel like- What I are you talking I'm, about? You're real though, and I feel like an asshole. Like, my friend is running this coffee shop in Chicago, and I just walked in and sat in the corner- but, like, because I don't want to take up space, I, I'm really aware that I can be visible in certain spaces. So, like, when I don't feel like anybody knows me, I just, like, stay really quiet. <laughs> and her employees came up to me when they were leaving. They're like, oh, we love your work. And Aww, I was just like, yeah, I'm God. such an asshole. Like, I would even say hi. I didn't like. But I was like, I don't come into spaces thinking anybody knows me. Yeah, and you don't owe people that anyway. No, but I still feel bad because I think they must think, like, if I didn't come up to her, that bitch would it be like, who cares about them or whatever? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I get really self-conscious, yeah. <laughs> which is why I don't go out too. But <laughs>
1: <laughs> there's a lot of reasons. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can see the list, like the cons of going out. I'm just yeah. getting lengthy. Yeah.
2: <laughs> getting older is real too. It's I feel unreal. like I'm 33 and I just don't have time to fuck around and tell you in a nice way that you're a racist. I'm just like. Get out of my bar, I know the owner, kind of thing. Like, that's what I want to say to people now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a mood. Yeah. I mean, that's goals. Like. Right. That is goals.
1: Yeah, no. <laughs> what were we talking about? I forgot. I forgot. How the to you resist were, and,
2: oh, the, you, and resistance. And you're sad about the, oh, CB, sad. the sad about?
1: Latino.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah oh, yeah. yeah. Yes because they like definitely the latinx people working in the detention centers for sure create this narrative of like they're the good latinos you know because they have citizenship and they're respectable and they have this job and it's like that makes me so fucking sad and also there's this woman who I, i read as latina who has made my life so hard she's so mean to me and why it's like ultimately I feel like that's self-hate. You are like this to me and not like this with the white lawyers because you hate yourself. Yeah. And unfortunately I have to deal with it.
2: I feel like so the Latinx community here in Nashville, not the ones who have been here forever because there's a difference with the ones who like have immigrated here, made a life here, have their families here, and then there's like the the ones who have ended up in school here or a job here. And I think I have a lot of in common with them. And they'll reach out and be like, I know you live there. and You're Latina rebels. Like, let's go out. And it's 9 out of 10, it's a mess. And I'm like, wow. Because, <laughs> like, they're professional Latinos in Nashville who are doing a good job in nonprofits. And it's, it's sad because I'm just like what are your gender pronouns? And they're like, what does that mean? I'm like,
1: oh Oh my God. But that was a fucking important lesson for me to learn where like, I cannot trust all people of color. Like, and it was the lesson that fucking hurt me and that I I still like, the person I learned that with, like I still have dreams with her. And it's just, like, but it's an important lesson. Like, we can, it's sad, but you cannot trust all people of color. Like, you most definitely cannot.
0: Yeah. I can uh, believe you still have nightmares about that person. It's like,
1: damn. (laughs) Yeah, man.
0: Can you imagine having that impact on someone's life? I don't, uh, she probably probably has no idea. She has no idea.
2: Yeah. What did they do? I want to know. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me
1: all the (laughs) (laughs) cheeseming. I need to know. (laughs) She was my boss, um, and she just, like, was consistently kind of gaslighting me. And, like, in her... She literally kind of, like, voice this once. I don't forget... I forget how she said it. But she basically told me once, like, I went through all these things, so I don't understand why you think you don't have to go through them, I too. I hate that. Yeah. That's the
0: dumbest mentality.
1: Yeah, and, and that's, like... But, like... But she always said it with a smile and, like, I want to help you. And, like, how can I help you? And, like, <laughs> you, you remind me of me when I was your age. I want to like, be a no, mentor. Thank you.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: Like, like, let's get lunch. No. Like, So she was always telling me she was helping me, but I always felt so shitty after interacting with her. Mm-hmm. And I obligated myself to always feel grateful for anything, like, any time she gave me. And... And so that, like, when I would ask for, like, a day off, she didn't understand that, like, you can't ask me to do things at 8 p.m. at night and me do them no matter where I am. Usually when I just got home at 8 Mm p.m., that's fine. Like, you need (laughs) me to do something, that's fine. Yeah. Because, I mean, when I want to meet someone for coffee, I just leave during the day. That's fine. Like, I don't put in overtime, but I also don't put in any sick time or anything. But she didn't understand that and would like make me feel really guilty anytime I wanted to take a day off but just like I just Mm -mm. did something for you like Sunday 9 p.m how are you upset that I'm trying to take the day off the way she would talk to me she would always cut me off it was just it was Uh. a lot of things over a long period of time it's just like white Mm -hmm. models of success or
2: we like it's just capitalism yeah it's just like die for this or else you're not
0: good enough yeah and I feel like it's important to point out like because this was a government office right I mean, yeah. I mean, people can look at my LinkedIn and see exactly whose government office <laughs> and how this person's <laughs> career has taken off. I, like, I point it out because I, I also feel like her job is to amplify the productivity of the team, a.k.a. she wants to, like, squeeze every last bit out of us and sh- and, like... I'm gonna say that. Wait, I'm gonna I'm saying... amplify the productivity of the team. Oh, I saw right through it. <laughs> but like, in terms of just like word choice, like, oh, oh no, no, I mean bitch, she's good yeah. frame no, she, it. No, she's great with Sold. her to <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> Amplify my productivity. Yeah, I was like, absolutely not. <laughs> but this happens in government and in nonprofit offices also. Like, we still exist within capitalism. It's really it can be confusing because it feels like I should put in this extra work because like this work is so important. Like these people deserve legal relief. But no, I deserve work-life balance. I'm going to tell you good Nashville cheese. <laughs> oh, yes. So
1: Nashville has the <laughs> crazy like literally like the judges who have lost their jobs here because they do it. Nashville has good cheese in like every uh-huh. time I hear something like this, I <laughs> like tuck <laughs> in because it's going to be
2: good. So the former president of the National Council of La Raza, her name is Renata Soto. If you're listening, my name's Prisca. <laughs> She uh, runs um, Conexion Americas in Turk. It's one of the biggest nonprofits for Latina here in Nashville. Mm-hmm. And when Trump won, they did a cafecito and hugs at Centennial Park, so one of the parks here, mm-hmm. so that white people could hug brown people. No! Because <laughs> so, everybody was so devastated, and let's just, it's all about love. You know, like that, That's like the that really toxic do. language <laughs> around like, focus on love and. Don't be divisive, you know all that Ugh. bullshit. Yeah, so I'm like
0: trash. <laughs> That's the last thing I'd want to do after the day after the Trump election is hug white strangers. Yeah, like who thought that was a good idea? Yeah, and a lot of really dope people work there,
2: dope on paper, <laughs> and but like I remember I had a friend who was like, you know, I want to get you a job, like a grant. She worked there and mm-hmm. she was like, we we have this grant where you can go photograph Keys of Nashville and like document that we exist here and i was like oh this sounds awesome so i like took it and i started doing it and then i realized people are really distrusting of outsiders and despite me being latina i am an outsider and Mm -hmm. there's no way of denying that like i look assimilated my english is quote unquote better i dress like to them like a white girl and so, like, I had to. I learned that, and I was like, they're not going to talk to me, and they shouldn't feel forced to talk to me, and I shouldn't th- put myself on them. So this grant needs to go to a local person mm. who knows the community a lot better than I do. And framing that wasn't reading well with them. Like they didn't understand why yeah. I was like, this isn't my place. <laughs> and they were like, oh, oh, well, because so they probably never thought about that the for themselves. <laughs> <project>. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're just ditching the grant project. You're so irresponsible. And I was like. No, like ethically, (laughs) I don't feel comfortable doing this because it's exploiting people for y'all to look like you're super progressive and making visible this community. But it's like they don't want to be visible with people they don't trust. So fuck you. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. I could go on and on about nonprofits.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, at some point we should, because I feel like there's a lot of good, pe- like a lot of good people working in nonprofits who feel miserable and can't understand why.
0: Like, Me? you know, oh, I understand why though. But like,
1: I, no, but I have a lot of people who are just like, I know a lot of people personally who struggle in the nonprofit world, and they're just, but I just struggle with that like, doing the work, but like. And your like boss is a person of color, but like, they yeah. are really toxic. So, like it's hard to manage, but it's just, like we talk about this off How the Latinx community really buys into like, hierarchy and elitism and like, white supremacy. Like totally reinforce it. We totally live it. And it just reminds me. There's this quote from France Fanon that I really love. That is just I've like held onto it. It's it's in the documentary on Netflix. So if folks just want to look at that. It's a really good documentary. Uh, it's just, like, basically different chapters of his book, like, visualized. Oh,
0: we, wait. Yeah. 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 I know what you're talking about. France. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> on. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: No, but that documentary is really cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because it's, it's, like, juxtaposed Lord against Hill. scenes from, yeah, she's the narrator, and then it's, like, juxtaposed against scenes from colonial Africa.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, there's a, like, a war, I think. I need happening. to see this. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, okay, I'll put this on the yeah. website. <laughs> yeah. So that folks can, like, link to it. Um, <laughs> but there's this quote where it's, Africa should not aim to be the next Europe. The, yeah. Look at the United States, like America tried to become like Europe, and now they've become this like, awful monster who's done Europe even more Europe than they like did it themselves. <laughs> yeah. Like we have to <laughs> oh, try Europe. Yeah, <laughs> and they're like, and it's a monster, and it's like we have to aim to be something different, not alike. Like we have to dream and aim for something distinct. Not follow not follow that model. I constantly think of that. The Latinx community needs to do that too. We can't just do yeah. it the way white people do it. No. We need to think we have of to reimagine. Mm-hmm. Yes, because then we're like, harming each other. We're giving each yeah. other nightmares. You know?
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think isn't Angela Davis says that like we have to reimagine what our liberation looks like because no models that we've been given are actually by us, mm-hmm. and so they can't serve us.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Just. Woo! Put that
1: on a bumper sticker. <laughs> sure, there is already, actually. I'm going to look for one. Cynthia. Yeah. I forgot what the question was, but, like, I feel like this is really worth it. <laughs> What's the next question? <laughs>
0: it was your question about application season.
1: Oh yeah. Okay. So I wanted to talk about that because I've, <laughs> um, I've just been thinking about applications a lot for multiple reasons. Yeah. And like, I know the season is right now for like law school and college. I don't know if like it's also right now for graduate schools. Yeah. Okay. That's what I thought it would be. So I wanted to know like, a little bit of like how you decided what program to do and like, <laughs> what from like the application process, like to graduate school, do you remember the most? Cause it's like, I, I feel like it's a struggle no matter what your what graduate program you're applying to, yeah. but it's like, it can be a struggle in different ways. Yeah. And I would love to like, kind of hear your thoughts. <laughs> so I'm first gen
2: and I wasn't
1: even supposed to go to get my
2: bachelor's. I wasn't like college bound by like my teacher standards or my school standards. And my parents are really conservative Christian and Um, it was like envisioned for me that I'd be married to like a God-fearing man by the time (laughs) I was 19 (laughs) and like getting pregnant by the time I was 20 it was like my path was they're so traditional um, that like women don't work Mm. if you're like a God-fearing man you take care of your women kind of thing so it was like not expected for me to go to college and so I remember getting on roll in elementary school and then seeing how unimpressed they were. So then I just stopped getting on roll because <laughs> my parents just weren't like, Oh my God, you're smart. Yay. They were just like, my mom once said like, I'm running out of uh, space for your stickers in the bumper, <laughs> like mad at me because <laughs> I was bringing on roll bumper stickers. So like after elementary school, I just was like, I don't give a fuck. And I stopped doing homework and I stopped. So I was like a pretty average C student, middle school and high school. And, um, I kind of bullied my way into getting AP classes, I, into AP classes. My counselor made my mom sign a little contract he printed out on the paper he cut out <laughs> about, like, if I failed all these classes, it wasn't the school's fault. Like, she insisted, AKI insisted, and translated for her. <laughs> so Wait, why did
1: you want to be in the AP classes? Because yeah. I,
2: mean, I didn't want to get married. And that was the only um, option. And so I was like, I'm just going to go
1: to college. Everyone's talking about college,
2: so I'm going to go there. <laughs>
1: so it's either, you felt like it was either college or get married. And, you're and like, my brother
2: right. had graduated before me. He's older. Um, I was a freshman who was a senior. And he graduated and didn't understand the application process. Yeah. And he was roofing at that time. And so I was like, I don't get married. Then I don't. What do I do then? Like, what, what's the other option? Um, so I just forced my counselor to put me in AP classes the AP classes like walked you through the like we had a counselor come in and walk us through the application process Mm -hmm. through FAFSA and everything like just financial aid in general and I got into college and I loved it and I like excelled for the first time in my life Um, but then I realized I was doing (laughs) I was an English major with a dance education minor and I was like Oh, like, you can't really do anything. (laughs) Like, I can teach at a studio, but that's about it with my minor. But I can't really, like, what do you... You? I just, I, I realized really quickly that my only path was teaching. And I was like, I don't want to teach. So I started figuring out how to get into grad school. And I took the GRE and bombed it and so I went and googled like schools that don't require grad school like GRE scores and it was a long list and Vanderbilt was like number 16 and I and I had heard Vanderbilt from the Gossip Girls (laughs)
0: <laughs> Wait what, The really? Vanderpump's
2: or whatever, they're they're a Vanderbilt, the Vanderbilt family in Gossip Girl. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. And so I was like, that sounds prestigious. <laughs> and without even really understanding, I, <laughs> I didn't understand, like, what Nashville was. I didn't understand. It was Divinity School. I didn't understand what Divinity School was. I did, like, a light Google search on Divinity School. And it was like, God. And I was like, well, I'm a believer. I know about God. Yeah. <laughs> I could do that. As an English major, everything you read in classical literature, like, all the canons, yeah. is all god references yeah. so I was like I could do that shit with my eyes closed <laughs> um and so I just applied to one school um that didn't require GRE scores and I got in
0: damn yeah. and then you came to
2: Nashville and then I came and to Nashville and, and I was shocked <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was really shocking moving here because I like I said I didn't do the research I didn't understand I just I had never left from my parents house so it was it was really scary and I cried a lot and I got seasonal depression for two years, and I didn't know what was happening. I just mm-hmm. thought I was really sad and mm-hmm. failing at life. Mm-hmm. And I almost failed my first year of divinity school because most of my peers came from, like, private liberal arts colleges <laughs> and, like, understood all these philosophers. Like, people would say they had nicknames for Judith, Judith Butler with Jubu and, like, <laughs> Foucault. Like, we're going to read Foucault. And I was like, I would read the name Foucault on paper, and I was like, Foucault. I was going to say the fact that you, like,
1: know how to pronounce Foucault. I
2: didn't when I got there, and all my peers already knew. And I was just like, I am behind badly, and nobody seems to give a fuck.
1: Okay, as someone who went to a small private liberal arts college and was a philosophy major, I'm telling you, my classmates, my white classmates who went on to probably, like, programs like the didn't understand shit about Foucault, (laughs) let alone Judith Butler. Like not my
2: peers. They felt like they got like the best student from every liberal
1: arts college. I was like They learned a meaningful quote from Foucault and then just rapped. They learned how to bullshit about it. I figured that out eventually.
2: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, because I learned how to bullshit and I was like,
1: I see all of y'all.
2: Yeah. We're all there now. (laughs) But like it was hard. It was really hard getting once I got here. But the process, I was so naive to the process that that, that didn't feel daunting to me. Um, it was just the actual transition to another place. Also, my parents told me I couldn't leave until I got married. So I proposed to somebody to move out and come to school here.
0: I love um, that part of your story. I think it's so badass. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs>
2: Divorce was really hard. Yeah. Just because, like, I, like, bought into it. I was, like yes, this is a strategic decision, but also you can be strategic and also force yourself to love someone. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so I was like, all in. And then it was like,
1: no, actually, that's not how things work out. And I evolved. Well, I'm just like feeling because like (laughs) my family is Catholic, but my uh, my mom and my dad aren't personally like devout by any means. And like, like my mom, like the most upset she gets about me is like when I say I don't believe in God because she's like that hurts her feelings personally, but nothing else I do really, she cares about. Yeah. And I'm just, oh wow, like that made a big difference in yeah. my life. Yeah, Cause they made me get my first communion, but I refused to like go back for confirmation. And they were honestly like, Look, when you, like, when I was doing my first communion, they were getting a lot of phone calls from the teacher and, like, they were just annoyed with all the questions that would come to them. So they're like, better for us if you don't do your confirmation.
0: <laughs> um, don't want to
1: be bothered. I can't. <laughs> so I'm just, like, realizing, like, how much of a difference that's probably made in, like, who
0: I am. Like, just having that freedom. Like, whew, Like. Yeah. Yeah. Our sorrows are kind of similar to me because, like, I, I thought of college as a way to be able to move out of my house, too, because my... My mom is very Catholic and she's gotten better over time, I'll say, yeah. but yeah, like she, my life was so regulated as a teenager and I was just like, fuck this. Like I want to live life. Yeah. And so I like, I wanted to be a writer at the time. And so I Googled, um, best college newspaper and Yale came up so I was like, okay, I'll apply there. Yeah. And then I had no idea about the East coast. Huh? Had, like I'd been there once, like yeah. didn't understand the weather. Yeah. Also experienced seasonal depression. Yeah. And like, just had a f- had a hard time transitioning because I got myself into a mess. I didn't, I didn't understand. Like, yeah. I thought that the bay, I thought that the whole country was like the bay. I was like, oh my god, no! People are not chill. Mm-mm. People think weed is weird here. Yeah. Like, people are rude. Yeah. It's cold. People are so rude. Yes.
2: <laughs> uh, that was one thing I learned, too, because I, I started noticing people just wave at you in the South. I was going to say. And like, and that they're like,
1: asshole. It's like, it's so confusing in the South because it's like, I've never met people who are so nice, but also like racist at the same time. Yeah. Like, like, this is going to... Okay, this is the right audience to share this with. <laughs> um, so I like... Like I have to take like a little shuttle to like where I park my car and then like it's been raining a lot here in Nashville and like I lost my umbrella for a good week. And so it was just I was on the last shuttle and I was like with this other like fella and like older man, he started like talking to me, like he had retired, asking me where I'm from and then he like like he like he had his umbrella so like he got off first and like he put his umbrella up so that like when I got off the shuttle like I also like could be under it and i was like thank you and then this car was in a different direction and mine was closer by and he's just like oh i'll walk you and i was just like it's really not necessary and he's just like no no no, i'll walk you and i was just like it's fine Mm he's like and he's like no like it's and i was just like okay so like he walked me to my car and then i was just like okay thank you and then i wasn't like opening my car yet or anything And then he kept standing there until I was going to get into the car. And I was just like, like I had to put my stuff in the back. And he followed me around my car as I was doing it. And I was just like, this is so polite of you, but you don't understand how uncomfortable you're making it. Like, it's dark. I don't know you. You're a white male. I'm in Nashville. Like, there's nobody really else here in this parking lot. I... I was just like, thank you for making sure I don't get wet. Literally, you've made me so anxious. Can you please leave me alone? Yeah. It's a mixed bag. I hate when people wait in the elevators or open doors. It's like, I don't want to walk in front of you. It makes me uncomfortable Mm -hmm. when you hold a door open and, like, usher for me to go, like, pass in front of you. Like, it's small spaces. I don't want to do that. It's like, ugh. I used to
2: stop and ask people, like, do I know you? Because, like, I didn't understand why they were smiling at me or waving at me. And then I understood that it was, like, the co- the costumbre here. And I was, like, wow. I'm just going to make it known that I'm not that person. So I started wearing, like, <laughs> fuck-off shirts and hats <laughs> and shoes. Like, I legitimately bought the gear so, like, people would stop fucking doing that to me. Because I, I was, it, I like, it. it's your costumbre, but it doesn't have to be mine. And Yeah.
1: It's such a mixed bag. It protects you, though. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like, the only way I got rid of the mat was getting in my fucking car. I still
2: have, like, subtle things. Don't fucking touch me. I carry, because I, like, they don't get it here. They don't get, they don't, they just don't get that people of color don't feel safe
1: around them. Yes, like, (laughs) it's, like, it makes me uncomfortable. Like. Especially just like any like males, it's like, I don't want to squeeze yeah. past you in a small space. Like, yeah. I don't want to walk in front of you. Like, yeah.
2: Ugh, eye roll. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, what a luxury to feel so safe that you think everyone feels that safe as you do.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm hmm. <laughs> All right, so to close out, we wanted to ask what advice you would give to somebody who's also interested in graduate theology programs? Oh, my God. So
2: go to HSP. There's a thing uh, known as the Hispanic Summer Program. It's make your institution if they aren't already, and most are, like Harvard, Yale, Vanderbilt, Princeton. Like, all the big schools are part of this program, and so they pay for you to go for two weeks and be taught by Latinx faculty theology, oh. and and you're staying with them. They pay for your boarding. They pay for you to get there. They pay for your food. Oh wow! And you just kind of get to not be around white people. Uh, always be critical. Well, I, I think it's sh- what a dream. I know. <laughs> it's but it's like you ha- always be critical of every space you're in, even these like quote unquote gifts, because the majority of these are Latinx theologian elders are really problematic <laughs> and uh, the men have a really bad history with a lot of the women in these programs. <sighs> um, Me too could go on and on in these programs. Um, so just stay critical. I only I only ever made Max three friends at a time. I went for three years straight and um, because the majority of them are working within white supremacy and like mm-hmm. respectability politics, but there'll be few gems. From particular schools and you kind of learn to know like Union Theological, well, it, which is uh, connected to Colombia. will have like a few gems come out of there into HSP, right? <laughs> so take the opportunities, but always be critical. Um, don't seek out the Latino uh, people across the U.S. to be your faculty, like advisors or to be your mentors. Um, 99% of them are full of crap. hmm And that's just a truth in our field. Um, I've been told to my face by a Latino that I really admired his work and was really, like, on paper, like, resisting the academy and, like, fuck, being an intellectual and... Um, He said, I grade my Latinx students harder to teach them that the world is hard on them. And I was like, oh, fuck you. Bye. Yeah. Yeah, So, and this is Miguel de la Torre. He's really well known and really revered in our field. Mm. So just be critical. Um, Seek mentors that will protect you. And they can be of any race and any gender, any identity. Just be open to whoever will come and fight for you and not try to change who you are and um just fuck shit up because there are some really cool people but they're rare
1: this it's just like what is the matter with this older like professional generation quote unquote professional um because (laughs) when i I don't know like it feels like we have to do us ourselves who are now going to be turning around and do be doing the mentoring like like this is a good moment for us to Reminder, like, check in with ourselves, like, make sure we're not harming our mentees, make sure we're treating them with respect, make sure we're, we're like, just being good, because, like, when I think about it, my best bosses have been, like, white males. Yeah. Um, yeah. The people who have really invested time in, in me, like, to make sure I succeed, white males, and usually probably because they have the time, <laughs> like, the means and whatever. Yeah. And they probably get something out of it, but, like, It's like, why are we doing such a bad job of mentoring each other and, like, opening these networks for each other? We become gatekeepers. Yeah. Yeah. And we're, and we, like, but I feel like, like, there's, so many of us who, like, enjoy the power of that, you know, yeah. like, enjoy, yeah. like, deciding who's good enough and who's not, yeah. and it's just, like, that's sick, like, if yeah. you're a gatekeeper, just throw that shit open and, like, usher people in,
2: yeah. like, left like, and right. what is it, Presidente a, there's a lyric, that por atrás me meto y, y, like, pongo una bomba y exploto el sistema, or whatever, and I'm like,
1: <laughs> that's what we should be doing. <laughs> okay, this is <morning, laughs> my like, like, blow shit up. Yeah, <laughs> or, like, I don't know. Y'all probably had similar experiences where, like, literally, it'd be like a uh, like small Toyota Camry five seater, and we'd be like, "Gavin Mas, Gavin Mas, we need to have that same attitude when yeah. it comes to like places of privilege, like Gavin yeah. Mas, Gavin Mas, like yeah. come on in, like."
2: I'm also also be really critical of P- of when white people are really critical of somebody, so. You know, like, students will give each other tips. Mm-hmm. I learned that the person that white students hated the most turned out to be my mentors. Because mm-hmm. oh. they tip. didn't put up with shit from white people. They didn't let them. Like, I, I a professor, it's a woman that's scholar, St- Dr. Stacey Floyd-Thomas, is the most badass professor at Vanderbilt Divinity School. And every student who's white talks shit about her. And every person of color who loves white supremacy <laughs> and functions within it hates her. Wow. And so she, like, has, like, every year probably, like, five students that really, really love her, but nobody else. So, and she said, I was in the class where she told a student, I'm not your mammy. I'm not going to hold your hand and tell you, like, yes. sweetly and kindly what you want to hear. And then and they the the held fired. a meeting. <laughs> and yeah. then they get a fire. Yeah. And
1: then they get a fucking report. Like, I think she just got tenured, though, so I'm excited. Stafford, <laughs> yeah. Stafford just fired a, like, um, Ruhan. Ruhan oh, was yeah. fired. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, who was like this dope law Stanford law alumni, who like was a great like always hardworking. Like anytime I was in the clinic space, she was, she was always there. she was always there, and she was like brilliant genius. And they fired her, and like
0: That's, there's some good cheese behind that. Too. I know, which <laughs> I'm like, we'll probably should talk about it on there though. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. But it's just
1: like these places, like the they. they they treat women of color so disposable, unless yeah. you're, like, the one that, like, reads white, acts white, like, just enough of a Latina so that you can, like, show her around, but, yeah. like, believes mm-hmm. in all these institutions and, like, European, I'm thinking one person that. No, yeah, believes in the European international, like, criminal justice system.
0: Yeah. Or who, like, produces research that says that communities of color want more policing. <sighs>
1: Wow, this has been so therapeutic for me. I
0: know, I feel
1: so good. My soul is feeling really light. I'm trying to think of what else would be a
2: good tip. Oh, okay, and not everybody in theology ends up in churches. Mm -hmm. Half of the graduates across the U.S. end up in nonprofits and are usually activists. Interesting. And people don't think that. Don't go to seminary or schools that say seminary. Those tend to be conservative. Go to divinity or theological institutions. That's
1: another thing. What was thing. your divinity program like?
2: So we're actually listed as one of the programs in the United States that produces the most activists and game changers and world leaders and blah, blah, blah. So I'm um, like, it, when you walk in, you're just like, wow, so progressive. Buzzword, buzzword, everybody. <laughs> uh, like our dean is queer and black. Oh, my God. So que- progressive. But no, it's terrible
1: see this is, what you just described is like exactly what the democratic party always tries to do like label 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 and it's like uh no where's the depth where's the nuance like yeah just because the person is like meets like these check boxes doesn't mean they're actually gonna be great Um, uh, okay no lie when i hear divinity i still think of like the harry potter like <laughs> our, our school looked like that too okay but like what so i I think of like prophesizing <laughs> and like re- you know reading tea yeah. leaves, which I like. Try to like, I would love those skills personally. But like, so, you, <laughs> so what did you? So it's the a
2: program actually. I think they've shortened it, but it's a four-year program, three oh, and wow. a half-year program. It's a master's, but most people do it in four because you have to do a summer to finish in three and a half. And I refused because I was like, summer is for me to recharge from all 'all." Mm -hmm. y'all. The first uh, year or two, you're doing, like, Hebrew Bible, Old Testament, theology, um, homiletics, so preaching. You're doing, like, foundational stuff. So you're only reading white people. Your professors Mm -hmm. are mostly white. And then you get to, like, the great, amazing classes. So um, ethics is where a lot of those, like a lot of law students, take the ethics classes in the divinity school. Are um, all the ethicists, philosophy students, come and take divinity school ethics classes? Um, which is where I started learning about like, like the myth of meritocracy and like um, ethics comes in where theodicy theodicy drops the ball. So like when people are like, a kid got run over. Um, why did that happen? You know, what what did he do to deserve this? Like why do bad things happen to good people? Ethics start to answering those questions, like institutional problems, and um, we don't yeah. regulate, blah blah blah. But whatever, like that. Er, ethics start to answer the question where like theology stops answering the question. That sounds That's cool. so dope. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. it's awesome. <laughs> Minus the Hebrew Bible part. Oh my god, it was a lot. <laughs> I mean, like as someone those are hard.
1: <laughs> but as someone who does a lot of, you do a lot of like social critique and like critique of like just a. a As someone who does social critique, it must be so helpful because so many, like, things are rooted in, like, these biblical references and stories and, like, just the themes over and over. Like, where if you're, like, looking at a commercial, if you're looking at a billboard, if you're, like, looking at these things. If you're
2: watching Donald Trump have a Sunday service with worship music, (laughs) you're, like, you have the lens to be, like... (laughs) yeah <laughs> yeah what is your the- theology actually saying and understanding where specific theologies come from and who do they service and,
1: yeah doing uh, I feel like it just really informs social critique in a really good way
2: yeah it's been inadvertently really really helpful and I don't think my degree was ever supposed to lead to someone like me coming out of it you know because mm-hmm. even they're really critical of what I do because I'm not an academic quote-unquote <laughs> so they're very like
1: but even better, you're a public intellectual. Yeah. Like, literally, you're, like, what these, like, French philosophers were in their time, you know, that everybody, yeah. like...
2: Uh. I mean, I call myself, so my website says I'm a public theologian, just to be like, F you. Like, yeah. you tell us that we can do theology anywhere, that this churches are dying, and that we're, we're starting to reframe what it looks like to be in church for millennials. And I'm telling you, like, I go to church all the time when I'm in a campus, and I give a talk. And it feels like we're in church. Mm. So if you if you can talk the talk, but then when it's actually seen done, you don't back it up, then you're just like every other liberal.
0: I love that. It feels like church when you're doing your talks. Yeah, and I
2: I'll often request like, do y'all have a chapel? And I'll that'll be like my first go to place if I'm gonna be speaking.
0: That's really dope. Because I didn't grow up seeing women
2: preach, (laughs) and I didn't grow up being told that women could preach, or could even, like, our church had a huge, um, like, national gathering just for women to pray for tithing, so like, las ofrendas, and so I just didn't grow up with that, and I'm like, there's a problem when our churches don't view women as enough, Mm -hmm. uh, and it comes from making God male, and so what does it look like for me to stand behind like in a church and mm-hmm. speak to people like and preach to them. Cause that's what preaching is when you learn in theology school is you learn that preaching is just speaking power to people's truths. So if I can speak good things to people's truths instead of like oppressive things, then, then it has to still be church. And if you can't oh. wrap your ha- head around it, then maybe you're the problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love ah.
1: that. Yes, I'm so happy right now. <laughs> Feeling elated. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, it was really great. I do recommend it. I wish more people went to divinity school. I think it would be a game changer. And the elite ones are mostly fully funded because they don't have pe- a lot of people of color. So, if you don't want to, if you want to get a master's and don't want to be in debt, BU gives full rides and housing and stipends to all the Latinoque
0: students. Amazing! Yeah. Woo! Whoa. Different than our situation. I
1: have, a, I have a lot of debt. Gives me <laughs> some
2: anxiety, but it's okay. I think also our expected like potential to learn earn is a lot lower than like law students, but I, I still don't think school should be paid for and like Absolutely it should not. be free for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, I agree with that. We're the three tweet that point.
0: At <laughs> <laughs> uh, Stanford. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> cool. Should, we... Should we wrap up? Mm-hmm. I don't want to.
1: <laughs> I feel like I've been in your living room for a really long time now. Yeah, yeah. And crashing. The dark, too. It's pretty. Thank you so much for <laughs> talking Thank you to for thank coming you. to my home. This has been so much fun. <laughs> There's like nothing chiquita about this episode. <laughs> yes. <laughs> was it supposed to be a chiquita episode?
2: <laughs> no, it's like, we call, we call chi- it
0: that, but they end up being long. <laughs> so, the way I've like, I know
2: i tuned into them. And, and sometimes they are, at the beginning, they started short for me. Sure. <laughs> we tried. Okay, <laughs> the this chiquita sods, is, is, is that
1: what it is? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've <laughs> rationalized it that they're a chiquita sores in that they're one subject only you know yeah. like okay. one theme that's move. what's yeah. chiquita about I it with that. Yeah. but like even in this we jump to so many different topics that's what i'm saying there's not ne- like i cannot rationalize <laughs> yeah. this one like sorry <laughs> listeners like i'm gonna call this a chiquita so but <laughs> but it's, it's a lie <laughs> Yeah. thank you for coming okay.
2: okay i'm gonna turn this off now <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's on the bus. They don't get coffee.